Coming up, we're covering 13 cheap or free ways to get more people in your attraction. Welcome to the show. I'm Philip on the Haunt Attraction Network podcast. We bring the haunt industry to you every weekday. We have news, education, and on-location coverage from Halloween experiences around the world. Whether you're a professional or enthusiast, each episode helps you better prepare for Halloween. Outside of this podcast, we have videos, education, and even events. Links to everything we do are in the show notes. This past Tuesday, Brian Foreman and myself taught a free class for the members of our Haunters Toolbox Facebook group. This is the full recording of that class where we dive into 13 topics. Those topics are local involvement, press releases, media nights, influencers, email marketing, Instagram, TikTok, the Google Business Suite, website optimizers, Facebook freebies, wristbands, customer-generated content, and using direct mail. Our Facebook group is called Haunter's Toolbox, and it's free to join. You can watch the full video replay of this class there if you want. And of course, members of Brian's Haunt Master program get classes like this every month as part of their membership. If you have any follow-up questions from this, you can shoot me an email or head over and ask in our group. Enjoy. My first topic is Google Business. So even if you're a home haunter, of course, if you're a commercial haunt, you should be setting up your Google business listing page. Um, you can Google that, of course, Google, uh, just Google my business and it'll give, get you a link to sign up. Of course, you have to have a Google, Google account. Um, it's really simple to set up. You will have to have a physical address. Now you can use your address because they're going to verify that Google listing. They're going to send you a postcard in your mail. You have to access that confirmation number, access that you are a proven address as same way a commercial commercial. You have to prove that you do have that business there. And then you can open up your Google listing. I'm sure haunts out there that are in there. Well, they have customers coming to them. I'm sure you probably already have your haunt listed there. Um, but if you don't, that's, it's free and it'll, that's what we first thing I did before I even started Dead Factory was do my Google business listing. And then you can ask for reviews on there because Google likes reviews. Uh -huh. They even have blog options. They have photo options. They can you can list discounts, events. It's almost like a little miniature website. And Google will kind of reward you for the more stuff you have in there. So up uploading pictures. Customer reviews. If you did, or if you, uh, I had to do this on my browser, logged out of my browser to make sure that I wasn't in Google system. I'm sure, I don't know if they were still tracking me or not, but so you type in uh, uh, Missouri Haunted House and Dead Factory, of course, pops up. But usually I've done that before out in the wild and it's been like top three. So because we have like 140 some 4.9 stars. So I'm hoping that's kind of, you know, has kind of bumped us up in the rankings on search. I know it's when we ask customers, it's where did you find us? Google and Facebook. Those are our two. Sometimes Instagram's number three, but that's where um, they're coming. They're going to search. I know I use Google all the time. So um, it's got 2.65 billion users. Uh, Safari has 576 million. This was from 2021. It's free. 
It's got website functionality. So if you don't have a website yet, maybe you can, you know, you can run your Facebook and your uh, Google pages. I do recommend a website though. So I'll be covering that later. Of course, you need a Google account and ask for reviews at the end of your attraction. You could even um, have it posted on your ticket booth. We have people outside. Hey, how did you like our haunt? Oh, it was awesome. Leave us a Google review. So, because Facebook, you can still do Facebook reviews too, but um, really focusing on Google at the moment. Question, uh, anything about Google websites? Now, business? one of the things that's uh, important is you had mentioned that you um, had done your Google business page before you'd actually officially opened, uh, because it does take a little while for Google to um, send that postcard if they do a postcard authorization some will do a phone authorization so how much of a lead time should you have like when should you do your google business as soon as you know where your haunt is going to be that year yeah yeah as soon as you have your location and you're receiving mail there i'd go ahead and do it go ahead and get it set up you'll probably need your business name so you figure out what business name you want and then they'll of course put in as much info as you can they if there's parking, um, online ticketing, same thing with your website. Make sure all the information is on Google because that will come up. And if Google can find you, everybody should be able to. Yeah, that's the that's the hopeful, hopefully, right? That's all right, Philip. What's yours? What you got for me? Hello. Um, yes, so I'm Philip. I, I never introduce myself but i'm philip i'm from the haunted attraction network um we're kind of like the i think the, the, the kind of the npr of the haunt industry kind of news news agency and of course uh haunt topic radio is one of our partner stations and daryl does our news every week we do our weekly news yeah. so we do it yep we do a daily podcast we do videos each week we do a weekly newsletter we do a uh, biannual magazine as well so we do a lot of media and i also do consulting for media i do press arrangement and so i'm i'm a member of the media but then also i help people coordinate with media so i kind of have both of those perspectives um so um and also just to take a, a one step back i feel like i always like to start with a little bit of the overview like kind of like what is the purpose of marketing because we're gonna we're going through 13 like tactics that you can use and these are kind of like the lowest hanging fruit but just to take a step back you know the purpose of marketing is to show up where your customers are to remind them that you are there for when they are ready to make a purchasing decision right so brian alluded to it a little bit earlier already about the concept of needing to hit them multiple times you know it used to be an average of they back in my day when i you know it used to be like you had to they had to see your message seven times now we're up to 14 plus times they need to see it and it's less important about keeping up with everything as more understanding your customer, right? So, because I get asked, the biggest question I get asked is, where should we be? Do we need a TikTok? Do we need to be on Facebook? Do we need to do all these things? Like, and the answer really is exactly what Brian said previously. The answer is, you need to be where your customers are looking for you. <laughs> That's where you need to be. And so it depends on the market. It depends on your individual customers and where they are and what they're doing. I always use the example of like us here in LA, we're a very busy market. So, 
you know, if you're an independent traction, you're not really doing the billboard type of stuff. You're doing more direct marketing because it's so big and you have big competitors like Universal and Disney who are outspending you, right? To get that big, get that big presence. Um, so you really need to focus on where people are looking locally for stuff and doing that direct out to them versus if you were in a smaller market where maybe you can do a larger billboard or whatnot, or if you're in a college town working with a local college or working directly with those people. So understand where they're coming from. So Brian's point of when he asked people where they hear about them, oh, we Google it. That makes sense. So then he knows he needs to put a lot of effort into making sure that his Google suite and his Google listing is perfect. So Google can read it and it comes up in real time. So that's my really small preface for this is to kind of just like understand the context for all these individual things. And I think we're trying to give you the cheapest, easiest things you can do. But just keep in mind that like your first step should always be who are my customers? Where are they looking? And if you do your survey data, which Brian will talk about later, and you do your exit surveys, that will help you. Um, but that's always the thing. Figure out where they're looking, where you can show up, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so my first one, <laughs> all that Thanks, being Philip. preamble. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. You know, like, you know how I just dived into it. I know. You know how I be. I'm just like, um, well, I also, you know, we do also host like a marketing podcast. So I do get a little long-winded. So I'm going to start with press releases because these you should be preparing these right now and sending them out. And many many of them have already gone out. I've actually already um, received quite a few of them. And because these are free to do, you can write your own. They are free to do. And they, they help. I still think they help. They still help with traditional media. They still help with reporters and media and whatnot. Um, but I'm also going to share a little bit of, they also help for people because ideally what you want to do is you make your press release and then you put the press release on your website. And that way, when, when that, uh, that blogger or that news reporter or that like, uh, you know, AM FM radio host is looking for their like five spooky things you can do this week in a silver Halloween, when they're doing that, then they can find the press release on your website and they can just pull the data from it. Right. And they don't have to wait to email you and then you miss it. And then you get, you miss out on that. Like, so part of this is being proactive. It's about letting everybody know that you are here and that you're selling tickets and whatnot. But also part of it is making sure the information is formatted correctly and accessible on your website. So that when people are looking for it later, they can just get it immediately without having to go through you. And there are small cases I think when they might need to go through you or you might want them to do that. But I would only suggest that honestly, if you have a dedicated press person, like if you have hired a firm, specifically a public relay, like a PR firm, not an ad firm, not a creative firm, not a marketing firm. If you have specifically hired a PR firm to engage media, then I would say, okay, it's fine for you to make them like email the firm to get the information. Most haunters, do not do that. So I would say, just put it on the website, just put it there. And I will show you some examples. Um, let me show you two examples. So first is a bad example and sorry, Winchester mystery house. I'm going to poop on you a little bit, but that's okay. So here is, so they get an, an A because they have a media page and they put all these things they've been featured on, you know, that's all great. Um, these actually link to the individual stories. 
which is really good because then a reporter can come here and they can click on any of these stories and they can, you know, see coverage, read more about it. Like, that's great. That's A+. plus. But look at the date for this recent press release. Two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. really bad. And I will tell you, I literally, these guys presented at a, pres- uh, did a presentation this past weekend. And I went to here to pull images to talk about their presentation, to get their logo and everything. It's not here. Bad, really, really bad. Um, and that's exactly the problem you want to avoid. Now, the good news is they do have a press kit here that is available and it, it opens right up, which is great. They have their press releases in here, but look at the like three years ago, right? Three years ago, three years ago, <laughs> three years, right? But at least they have some B-roll you can download and they have some uh, in under photos. They do have their logos. So at least I could grab the logo from here to create what I need to create to promote their stuff, right? So that's a that's a good thing. And then here's another thing, which I I, I dislike this, but see, here's their little media kit where you have to fill this whole thing out that's very discouraging uh for me i would prefer it to just be an email that i can contact uh so now that's doing it poorly <laughs> let's look at someone doing it correctly this is the media website for universal studio <laughs> so universal does a separate press release for each of their house announcements here's their most recent house announcement here this is the information that we'll pull when we're doing an article on it so they link the video here for it they put all the information here about the house etc 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 this is their full press release uh there's a media contact notice how they're not making you fill out a form <laughs> it's literally like here so like look at the difference like so universal just email us versus winchester who's a really really small attraction and they're like fill out this like lengthy web contact form Ugh, right uh, they have it broken down by resort here. They have the emails you can contact for press information. And then also, great, they have attached photos. So here's the photos you can get for your story. Um, there is also a little like a media release you have to sign when you download these photos, but that's standard. But basically, they have the photo here. They have the proper photo credits, right? All this, everything. So th- this ideally is what you want right? Because it makes it easy to just do a story. All the assets are here. It makes it easy. Just grab it, grab it and go. So when you're writing your press release, right, you're not just writing it to send out to all your local media. You're also writing it to act as a resource for anyone who might want to cover you or talk about you later in the season. And it it should be available, like just as a, as a tab on your website. <laughs> so like, here it is. Then- then as a resource, what kind of things should you have on your on your media page? Do you include links to your social media? Do you include your address? Do you include a link to tickets? Yes. That sort of stuff? All those things. So basically, Winchester almost has it correct in that the, this is kind of what I expect to see on their media page. I expect to see other articles that I could quote if I wanted to. I'm not going to, but if I wanted to, <laughs> I could. Um, and you know, this adds legitimacy to it. Um, this is something too, like when we do a story on your haunt from the network, I send you the link to it and like, here it is, here's this, I even send you a badge that you can use on your website that says you've been featured on it for this purpose. (laughs) So you can put it here so that other reporters can listen to it, right? That way other reporters can get like 
more can get the information that I've already covered. They can just take it. That's, you know, you're, you're trying to reduce the friction for someone to write a story about you. So, so I would suggest exactly what they're doing here. And then I would suggest a kit just like this, you know, where they have, where you give them, I would actually label it better because this is kind of a terrible labeling, but where you give them the option to download B-roll, you give them the option to download photos, and then you give them press releases. And in your, in your somewhere in there, I would also put the logos and I would put the logos as its own folder. I wouldn't put them under photos because you don't assume that a photo is a is a logo. That's stupid. So anyway, I'm just like griping about now, this. One <laughs> they're going to listen to this watch and they're going to yeah. get angry at me. <laughs> One other question that we may end up touching on in the future uh, tonight is by putting that on your website in a form that Google can see, is that beneficial in any way? No. Um, so what you're going to want to do is this page, your media page, you will want Google to be able to read it. But if you do a separate link like uh, this press release link, um, do you see how it's it's really hard to see on the share, but you see if you click it, it's it's a link directly to download it. That's kind of what you want to do, or you want to link it to a Dropbox or something. And you want these links to be non-indexed, meaning that Google will not read them as searchable. So basically what you what you do want is you do want someone to be able to Google, let me just show you, you want someone to be able to Google like Winchester Media House Media and it should come up just like this. This is exactly how it should work. Because that's like the first thing I do as a reporter. <laughs> it's like, is is that's what I'm, that's where I'm looking. That's what I'm doing. Um, and then- So to you're your, trying to, to your, bring everybody directly to your website and yes. not go to- Correct. Some of yes. your article. Okay. And then exactly here, they have it even linked on their, their site map here. It's linked here um, as, a, as a tab here. And that's how it should be. And then to your last point, Daryl, um, I, I love that you mentioned social media. Your 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 just your basic website should have all your social media accounts on it. And the reason that is important, especially for me, again, um, when I and, and not ev not every reporter does this, but when I am am featuring you, when I'm covering you on our network, we will tag you in our social media. And sometimes it's hard for me to figure out which account is your real account. And uh -huh. what I do is I go to the website. I go to the website and I just pull whatever account is linked on the website. If there isn't one there, then it's just a crapshoot. So you don't want that. So that's why making sure that on there you have this. Um, and you'll notice uh, sometimes the media releases will put like, um, they'll put a suggested hashtag. This one doesn't have it. But sometimes they'll have a suggested hashtag or they'll have their accounts they want you to tag. Like when we were invited out to the the screening of the, like the the release party for the new Note movie at Universal Pictures, you know, Universal Pictures gave us a kit and they were like, here's the hashtags we want to use. Here's the people we want you to tag. If you're going to tag people, they'll give you directions. So those are always those are always helpful because you don't want you don't want media to be guessing and then you don't want them to accidentally tag like a fake account, right? Or something or, that's or your competitors if or your competitors. Managing. Yes, yeah. You don't want any of those things. So having it all here situated is good. And the last thing I'm gonna add about the press release, the reason press release is important, last last point I have is 
again, not a lot of people do this, but we we at the network, we do have to do kind of a a modicum of fact checking. <laughs> and I will tell you, um, it makes it a lot easier for me because if the press release is on your official website, then I know that we can we can we can publish anything that's in the website and we can just quote it. If we, you know, we can just we can just say like this, this is what it is, right? But I recently, I recently, I was sent press information about an event and I was sent that information. It was sent to me from a Gmail account. And it was just like, here's a press release. And it was sent from it. It had no official anything on it. We can't use that. I can't. Everyone else I knew, I know every other like, uh, you know, local person, local blogger, influencer that I know, they all used it and good on them. Fine. I couldn't use it because... I had to fact check it and I went to the website and I couldn't find the information on the website to fact check it. And I, I went to the venue and I, I had, so I ended up having to like call the venue and be like, I just need to verify this thing is actually happening the time and date that it says it is and all this kind of stuff. And who like, there's a lot of work that I had to do, which I know I, I won't normally have time to do that. So that's another kind of bonus. If you're sending a press release out or if it's on your website, then if, if someone does have to fact check, you know, especially like a broadcast or a traditional media that does have to fact check, um, they know they can pull everything from there. It's an official, it's an, it's kind of like the press releases are like the official form of communication for media. So if you're putting it in your press release, then it's like all fair game. And we know that it's, that it's coming from you officially and all that. So that's, that's kind of that, uh, that other piece of it. Okay. Does anyone have any questions on the press release stuff? Um, we did a separate class on on how to write press releases that we have available on the network. We I think we've done it like several times. Um, and I even have a little template that you can use if you're so inclined. Where do we get that at? Good you have it on your slide? Mm, I can put it up. <laughs> I probably should, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> yeah, Corey, we're going to go into uh, social media here in a little bit. Um, One of the questions that Stephanie has, do you still send those yes. press releases out to traditional media like usual? Yes. Yes. Um, yes. And I still receive them. Um, I actually received one. Um, I don't know if I can show you. I think that's okay. I can mm, just I, tell <laughs> us about it. Yes. Yeah. Let me, let me just pull it up. Yeah. I really, I received one even uh, earlier today. Um, I guess, I, yeah, there's something proprietary in here. I don't think. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's as simple as this, right? This one that I received, this is like a, a movie screening trailer. So we received this, here's the information, here's the stuff, pictures, everything. It's all in here, you know, um, sent on, on behalf of this P life PR agency. If it's coming from a press agency, you know, that's fine because, you know, it's, it's coming from a press agency. It's clear it's coming from a press agency, right? So it's clear that it's, it's official for that reason. And then everything is here. Um, so yes, the answer is yes. Like, um, yes, I'll, I'll, Stephanie, I'll get to that, but yeah. <laughs> so the answer is yes. Like you send them to media. I would send them to everybody. I wouldn't even stop at traditional media. I would send them to like, I feel like local influencers and bloggers and all that, they would probably be impressed that they were sent a press release from you because it's so unusual and they'd probably, it'd probably stand out you know, conversely in, in a weird kind of opposite way. There's also, if you want to really get fancy, we talk about 
media invites in another class. But if you want to get really fancy, you can also like physically mail the press releases with like a little gift or like a little surprise or that kind of a thing. Um, those generally get more attention uh, or go physically to this to like the radio station and drop off like some cookies, spooky treats and also the press release. So you should mail them the press release with like pumpkin confetti. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I actually, <laughs> no, I, I'm uh, Stephanie. I have she a, sent fake ears. Yeah. <laughs> have you heard and still nothing. I'll also hit up your uh, college newspapers and college radio yes. stations. Yes. Um, that's a good one to kind of maybe a target market. We have a lot of college people that come through our ours. Yeah. And Stephanie, yeah, sometimes, you know, it, it really is. Um, it's the same thing. It's the same thing as just regular people. You know, you're you're trying to hit them multiple times. You know, so I, I would not. Um, I would not get discouraged with media if you don't hear back, and I would send them, you know, multiple releases if you have it, or just kind of, you know, you don't want to spam them with the same one over and over. But you can adjust it slightly. <laughs> you know, like, it could be like tickets are now on sale um, for our thing in this year, and then you could be like, "Oh, just announced we're going to be donating like this to this thing." Okay, that's another one. Then you're like, you know, it's only two weeks away to this type of thing, you know, and you can keep the same core press release, like the main one that announces your tickets and themes all that on the website. But you can kind of adjust it and send them that if they don't, if you don't get a reply from them. But I wouldn't be discouraged if you don't get it back. And I would kind of broaden your list of who to send it to because it never hurts. And what happens, I'll tell you what happens. It will end up being like the the week where they have to do like a Halloween roundup or something and they're scrambling and they'll do a quick like search in their email for like Halloween or haunted house or whatever to do, put a story together. And then your press releases will be there. And then they'll, they'll pull, I mean, so. And they'll go, why didn't we call them earlier? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then mm-hmm. that, that's kind of what you're hoping for. Um, and I, I do have a, if someone wants to see it, I do have a, a media kit that I was sent by Scarehouse. If so, if people want to see it, I we'll can have to do a, We'll have to do a complete webinar on that, Philip. So. Yeah. 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 Cause I'm done. Okay. Okay. Brian, back to you. All right. Okay. Well, since we're talking about websites, let's roll into websites. I'm going to try to pull mine up here. Can you see that? Yep. Okay. So I built this myself, WordPress. Um, of course, you can go to self-hosted uh, Wix, Squarespace. I know you get your own domain and have that transferred to your, basically, if you host it yourself, you're going to do a little more work. If you have it hosted for you, you might pay a little bit more to have it hosted, but you don't have to worry about it. It's kind of a plug and play, click, drop. Websites have gotten really easy. Um, a lot of them are just click and pull this around and see what you like and change the colors. Uh, recommend getting your own domain. Everyone, Google likes websites. I like websites. When I'm going to haunted attraction, I pull it up on Google. I want to see the quality of the website, videos, photos. Want to know where you're at, how much the tickets are. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves was getting tickets. Well, I started off maybe the first year, might have had one button on there. So now I have a scroll. It's a scroll website. It's pretty easy to maintain. And I have a lot of, like, if you see at the top, I have a get tickets at the top. This, of course, is outdated. This is for last year. So we're going to start doing our stuff coming up soon because it is august 
Um, but it make is. sure, yeah, make sure you have plenty of stuff on your uh, on your website. This used to be a, a video header. Um, there's some say it slows your site down. I don't know. We did video for a while. Now I just have a photo up there. Of course, make sure your basics are on there. Um, a contact, buy your tickets, the hours and nights open, the reviews, and directions. So have the address up front. Um, got some stuff on our, some social proof. Actually, uh, a lot of things I need to put on there because we've had articles written about us and different things. And I need to go off and put those links on my website, like Philip had showed before seen on, or, you know, even do like, if you sponsor somebody, if somebody sponsors you, you can work that up in your website too. Uh, we used to have our backstory on here. I took that off. I need to put that back on there. Of course, I have buy tickets here, buy tickets here. This is just a plug-in from WordPress. Just shows your Facebook reviews. Another buy tickets. Then just make sure your descriptions are easy to understand, what they are. Um, kind of a brief story of what the haunt is. Of course, if it's family friendly, if it's adult, if it's extreme, if it's touching, uh, we take uh, cash and I get a lot of questions about people calling me. So you still you take cash or you take cards? So I don't know what else to do besides we get usually the questions people call us is what time you're open, what day you buy open, tickets, where can I buy tickets? Do you take cash? everything that's on your website? Now, you know, sometimes I say, you know, have you checked out deadfactory.com yet? Oh, you don't know you got a website. So there's still people are going to call you. There's no, I don't think there's any way around that. Um, simple. I put this on social media to our calendar on our Facebook page. I'll pin it to the top. You know, everything you can do. I'll even put it in our header on Facebook, the our hero image, and then, you know, dates, times location still get calls about it i don't know where people are finding this and don't see the information next to it i mean it's right there but um right next to the phone number they have our phone number um but it's still a good thing to have because google will index it google will seize it you know and they'll send people to it but some of the uh quick tips Double check on your devices. So if you are making it yourself, you're having some way do it. Still check, go to your iPhone, go to an Android, Android phone, go to laptop, tablet, make sure everything looks good. Because that's your, I mean, you're kind of selling your brand. So you, when people come, they want to check out, they want to go straight to your tickets. We used um, Ticket Leap for the longest time. I know Hop pays another good one out there. I know some people just go off their Facebook page. Well, my biggest thing is, well, what is if something happens to your Facebook page? I know people are being kicked out. Their accounts are getting blocked. Well, that doesn't, you, then you lose access to your Facebook page and that's all gone. I mean, maybe you can get it back. Maybe you don't. Website, as long as you're hosting it, you're paying somebody to host it, you have access to it. It's kind of like your home base. 
um, hot name, address, directions, any landmarks, turn left at Meeks, turn right at the water tower. If it's out in the, out in the country, you know, even though you have Google, it'd be nice to have landmarks along the way. Um, hours, dates, special events coming up in the year, your calendar, brief description, multiple ticket buttons, and uh, use your domain on everything. That's where you want, you want to send everybody to your domain. So on your advertising, your billboards, your postcards, your T-shirts. Um, I could talk about websites all day, but any questions on websites? That was my uh, quick tips on the websites. How many people have websites for their haunted attractions? Well, while we're waiting for folks to respond, Philip, you want to jump in on that one? Jump in on your next topic? I'm going to quit sharing. Yes, sure. I was going to say, I know Craig does because <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> so, um, and it's great. So just really quick, I want to share. Terrible. This was a uh, press kit that I was sent from the scare house. So it's like a, a big box, right? Inside of it, here's the press releases that are in here. But then there's also like character masks. There's a t-shirt in here. Um, it has this like kind of confetti and this like black paper. So yeah. Nice. So it's it's a, a little bit more of an investment, obviously, to do this. Um because like even the postage was like ten dollars. Wow. If, but if you have a select group of people, say you pick out 20 people, yes, correct. You know, it's still as a marketing budget that under 500 yeah. bucks or whatever. Yeah. Um Okay, so my next one is just a uh, local involvement, which again, it's gonna de- it's gonna vary wildly depending on where you are and what the kind of the market is around you. But local involvement, I would say, I consider everything under local involvement like anything that the that goes on in your local area where you have a chance to participate in it. And you can, what I would suggest is always participating as your haunt and bringing something interesting to keep people involved. So A, it's good because it keeps kind of your actor base. It keeps kind of those people involved. B, it's good because you see your community and you can see your fans and your customers. And then C, you know, it. if you can do something that is out of the norm and a little bit more interesting, then um, usually people enjoy that. So I'll give you a few examples. This past weekend, there was Midsummer Scream in our area up here, up here in uh, SoCal. And Midsummer Scream has a Hall of Shadows where local haunted houses come and they can set up walkthroughs of like preview walkthroughs of what they're going to be doing this year for their for their event. And it's kind of interesting because this year we actually got a lot of home haunts, which I was like, what? Um, which is kind of just a little bit out of left field. Like the home haunt will come up and set up uh, like a mini preview of their home haunt, but they're not charging people for their haunt. So that's a little strange but some of the professional haunts you know like would come and set up a, a, like their new scene for this year and you'd walk through it to preview it and then they would be selling tickets and doing giveaways and kind of 
doing all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of on the high end. I would say that's a lot of work because you have to have your actors, you have to have your scene, you have to bring it up and set up. It's a lot of expense too, but the yield is very high because you're selling tickets and people can actually preview the experience. I'd say the kind of maybe like the the middle road effort is if there's a fair or if there is a like a parade or if there's any sort of those types of things that your committee is just doing you know do a float in the parade for your haunt so it's medium effort because you're not really doing tickets or selling that kind of you know and, it, and it's a float it's a little bit medium it's not a walkthrough experience um it's still effort for sure but it gets you out there and it makes you part of the community and also those community people like it when you participate you know like the local cbbs the local organizers and you'll need their help later in the season when you're trying to get a contact with the local radio station you know you, then you can ask them for help you can kind of do all that together so there's that medium then there's also all the way even to doing the county fair so this year at the la county fair there was a building dedicated to halloween stuff spooky stuff and there were several wow. haunted houses that set up little booths, but also people that had full photo ops and displays in that booth at the county fair. And those opportunities are great. Like even if you just can do a deal with a local fair or a local something, even like a local, even a local big tailgate or any of those things, if you can do anything with those folks and you can bring a photo op, that is still useful. Because, you know, we have plenty of stuff we can bring as photo ops. And if you just think about that, think about all those community events you have at the parks and all the community events you have at the rec centers and blah, blah, blah. They're all just like, you know, tents and little tents and then little chairs and people have little, their little eight foot tables and they're just sitting there. Like, they're so boring. That's what. That's why this is such a, a good opportunity because we have the stuff to come and make a really great photo op, a really great experience. If you want bonus points too, and actually I love um, Overlook Creative did this at MHC this year, and I thought it was brilliant. Uh, if you if you want bonus points, and if you can, you know, offer to make the like official photo op like for the event, and carve out like the event's logo out of foam, or do some sort of backdrop for them, you know, with your stuff, which is exactly what Overlook Creative did this year for MHC. They made the photo op, and they did. Um, they they did MHC as a nice a nice like distressed sign, and then you could like take pictures in front of their their booth, but it's the MHC logo. So look for those opportunities, right, to do all that because that really like gets you out there, gets you involved, and people I think now are a lot more um, accepting that than previously of something spooky at like a, a fair, you know, like, and you know, if they don't, if they don't want, you know, don't make it now just a word of caution, right? Don't make it like controversial, spooky, make it like fun, spooky. Like, yeah. And yeah. that's something I was just going to add, uh, yes. you know, if I could, um, I was in a society, we gave some parades and mm -hmm. many people like the parades. Yeah. Some people were rather alarmed by um, a clown with a chainsaw called yeah. bloody that upset a few people uh yeah. yeah and not everybody likes it but having your characters don a team jersey and you yes. are at a tailgate party like that's something that, you know yes you're giving away cards and and uh people come up and you give away some halloween candy or something like that people are gonna see you because how many people show up to tailgate parties right 
So doing yes. something like that is something that's easy enough to do. Keep it on the blood light side. You know, don't don't make things too scary. Don't take your, uh, you know, your your twelve foot tall, um, you know, alien to it. Uh, yeah. But if you have somebody that's that's a pirate, like uh, Craig is mentioning that yeah. they're doing TikTok short videos yes. uh, at the gym, at the uh, you know, at a smoothie shop, that sort of stuff. Yeah, and have those that character that's showing up in your social media go to your tailgate party. And even if you get um, a, two characters that hate each other in the haunt wearing alternate team jerseys, you, you're just going to get, yeah. it's a photo op waiting to happen as those two yeah. bicker at each other all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. Daryl. That's and, and yeah, I, I love the examples that Craig has in the chat. Those are great ways to, to, like you want to meet them halfway is what I would say. Like, you know, we are haunters. We get it. The general public is not. And especially like in the middle of summer, we like we have something called a spooky swap meet even here in, in Los Angeles for in April. Right. So we have haunts setting up photo ops in April at this thing. But even then, you kind of want you only want to meet people halfway. Like you don't want to don't bring the chainsaws. Don't bring gratuitous blood. Meet them the halfway point. So like, if it is a tailgate, find a way to incorporate it in. If it is like the gym, having your character doing a fitness thing at the gym, that is great. Cause that's meeting them halfway, but don't like, and I, that might require you to like, kind of maybe tweak some of your theme or mm -hmm. kind of just do a little bit. And, and that's okay. Because I think people get it. They get that it's the off season and your characters are kind of like, you know, just doing their things. Right. So that's what I would say. And there's another word of caution too, is just kind of be, um, be mindful of anything that is like triggering. For example, last week we covered a story on the show about the icon park who they, they piloted a new shooter game where people would use like, um, kind of like laser tag stuff from the, the big Ferris wheel and they would shoot targets down and it bad, bad people did not like that because of the recent shootings and they're like having somebody with a gun in a high place shooting down like that kind of stuff so that those are examples like maybe like don't bring up one of your characters out that you know his whole if if he's a shooter or some sort of like don't 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 bring those things just to be aware of the current context you know even though like we get it as haunters we're like yes but you know again meet them halfway you know bring it pick a different character or like the creepy clown or, you know, the, even the slashers, like the Freddie and Jason thing. Like maybe he's like, I saw a TikTok the other day of like a Jason, just like uh, at a summer barbecue, a Jason character, just like using a knife to like stab a watermelon. That's like a halfway. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny and you know, we all get it, but it's not like anything sensitive in that way. Yeah. Uh, that's my point. I think George, you have your hand up. Did you have a question? Or did we already answer it? I'm not sure if George raised his hand for a question or he put it down. Okay. Okay. Bye. Nope. Okay. I'm done. Okay. Right. <laughs> I want to go into um some social media stuff now. Let me pull my so this was. Is that thing in the way? Can you guys see that? Yes. Okay. 
Oh, that was my going back to the first one, the Google listing stuff. Um, that was brought up and I don't have that. I only have 97 Google reviews, but you're also your Facebook page shows up too. So that's going to be my next. Let's see, Your Facebook page shows up under the, uh, some of your YouTube videos. Like I put a couple uh, dead factory videos on my YouTube account. Just when you list them, put your haunt name in them, maybe the, where it's at. The way when people Google it, it'll pop up in the in the pack. Because what they call that three pack. Um, it also pulls your reviews from Facebook. Pulled some from Fright Find, local eight near me. I have no idea what that is. It's got twenty six <laughs> votes. <laughs> it looks good. Uh, okay. Um, pulls up some of your top reviews too, and it pulled up your my pulled up my Facebook page and the and the ratings. I know that too. This is some of the stuff we did. This was two years ago, and I have one there from last year. Now, be wary. Facebook is always changing up rules. Some I know there for a while they banned contests, and they banned so many uh, photos with so many words on them, so many letters. You had to have – you could be more than 20% of the graphic or something. Uh, I don't think that's still a thing. Just be cautious when you use these. I run them until I, they tell me I can't run them anymore. Um, it's maybe, maybe not a good strategy, but I I went all last year and they didn't tell me to take it down. The year before, I was good. This is kind of how I structure them. We teamed uh, this two years ago. We teamed with this was Dugout Bar and Grill. So we were doing a date night giveaway for two, two free tickets, dinner for two. So part of their sponsorship was I uh, had so many social posts that I posted them in. Their banner was at my haunt. They actually provided food every night for my actors, which was good. Um, so we ran this. Uh, I think we started in September. Yeah, September 21st was my first day, and we ran it all the way through the end of October. And we kept the same post. So instead of regenerating a new post, I would just go back there, announce the winner in the comments, which Facebook, the more you interact with it, like it, people share it. You go back and comment and start another conversation. It boosts back up. This is all organic stuff. This uh, I didn't boost it until like it would die down. Like you try to run it as much as you can. If you're worried about cost, I mean, you could start this thing out with a sponsorship as long as Facebook um, or promotion, as long as Facebook agrees to it, accepts it, you can run this all, all month like this and have it paid, which you wouldn't have to put a lot of money into it because there's a lot of organic reach as well because people will share it, like it. Um, I usually do them for free until they, until they go out and then I'll boost them for like 50 bucks or something to get some more traction. There was another one. Um, oh, it was Pratt's and Dagwoods. They sponsored us last year. And then we'll just announce like September 30th, October 7th, October 14th. I think that was a Thursday, maybe. So we would announce them before the weekend. That way they had time to come pick up their tickets. And we didn't run it last weekend because they may not have gotten the tickets, chance to get, pick up their tickets. So we ran it the first four weekends. And what we just 
what I say? Uh, oh, I think in my, in my description, it was tag somebody that you want to take with you. Oh, this one, like the post, share the post and tag who you'll bring with you in the comments. So I'm kind of limiting myself to one person, but you can say tag everybody that you want to take with you. So that that'll tag more people, which in return can attract more traction to the post. Um, just like anything, Facebook wants you to pay. So they may not let you get as much reach as you want to get. It's just, uh, I know Facebook back in the day used to be all organic and was it was easy to get your stuff bumped up until mm -hmm. the until the sponsors or until the, you know, became public and then they had to make a quota on their ads. So now they got to make money on them ads. So it's still, I don't know what the percentage of reach is anymore, but it, something like this, it doesn't cost anything but time. So even if you had somebody to help you do it, say you're not so much in the social media, um, this is how we generate a lot of traction just with the contest. The um, some of the quick tips here. Uh, so just created a month out. I'll probably start a little earlier, especially if you want to kind of get more traction. Maybe the first of September. The um, update the winner each week in the comments, and what I'll do. And I had several people. Uh, Man, I wish I would have won, but congratulations, you know. So they all. They all kind of went under my comment and that comment was brought to the top. And then, so if someone would click on there, they would see that actual people are winning because some of these posts that you come across Facebook lately, they look like spam posts. Um, you're not even sure to click on it anymore. So you're like, man, what is this? Was this real or not? So any kind of social proof that you can have in the comments, um, if you want to put your website link in there, I never added my website because I wanted people to stay on the Facebook page and share it. I was kind of focused on that. Um, and you can always go in there and change it too. No, once you kind of boost it, you go back and change it. You'll have to get reapproved for the Facebook ad. But if you don't boost it, you have you can change it all you want. So that way, if you wanted to change the dates or the information on the post. I, of course, came up with a local bar or restaurant for sponsorship. Um, as, fa as far as Facebook contacts, that's all I got for Facebook. There's so much stuff you can do. Uh, Instagram, I'm not, I, we have an account there. We do some advertising there. I know there's things you can do on Facebook or Instagram too. Uh, there's some things on Facebook like start using the reels. Because I know Facebook is pushing the reels. I know they're in my timeline all the time, and I'll get sucked into them for about an hour just watching stupid reels. Hey, you're so, not the only one. Yeah. So, so if Facebook is pushing something, or if a social media platform is pushing something, they're really wanting you to use it, and they really start to push that content more because it's new. They want people to use it. I know some of the. I know when TikTok started, a lot of individual scare actors had their own TikTok accounts or Snapchat accounts. And from us, you know, vaping clowns. Okay. <laughs> but for us, it's a more of a, Oh yeah, I see that all the time. But for the general public, they're like, Oh my God, look at this vaping clown. Or look at this, you know, person that's sliding on the concrete and hasn't having sparks going down the concrete. Right. So um, I even recommend like, if you have characters, you can moderate the, the, TikTok account and Snapchat account 
have some of your head, your head characters or just a character that's really good at TikTok stuff and then start working with her or him to do stuff with, you know, work with your haunt, choose kind of what scenes they want, you know, that you want them in. So they're not showing too much stuff. And that could be tr- drawing stuff, you know, attendance and people back to your haunt because they're following them anyway. You know, they, you add a little bit of, Hey, go check us out this, you know, this date or tonight or this time. And they might have a built-in audience and you may not know it, but you know, that'd be a good way to survey some of your employees. Um, As far as Facebook, that's all I got. Any questions? While we're waiting for questions, I just wanted to add, don't just think about the contest in, in, in terms of Facebook, like, um, when I was haunting, what I would always do is go out to like the local radio stations and be like, Hey, do you want a, do you want tickets for giveaways? We'll just give them to you because that's free advertising. And there's, there's always somebody's, well, I guess it depends on your community. If your community is smaller, you know, or if there's a local area around you that's smaller, um, there's always people doing some sort of whatever, something, and you can give tickets to them, which is then they can run it. They can run the contest. You know, you don't have to worry about it and you still get kind of, uh, help it still it still gets your name out there yes we've done uh school functions high school events sporting events yeah. you know you have one announcer that's announcing your haunt yep. in front of a stadium full of people that factory what's that you know so yeah, yeah. and you might just be giving two tickets away or four tickets i mean that's that's 40 bucks 80 bucks of advertising for how many people heard your name your brand yep yep yeah. So what I would do with the radios or with any of those is I would just print out like a little, not even like a page, like kind of like a note card of like copy that they could read and just like kind of like tape it to the tickets. Yeah. That way the details are all there because you don't want them then to get them wrong or to, you know, whatever. But yeah, you just give them the details, give them like a, maybe like a 10, 15 second copy to read and that's it. Yeah. We did that with the parade too. Cause when the, mm-hmm. the float gets up to the play that, parade the announcer will announce oh and here comes a dead factory on the float and from mexico missouri and this is their fourth year of business and yeah so they let you do in a paragraph too like that so that is really cool because it's a local audience and what we did on the parade is that we handed out different color of coupons that were different so we knew those parade coupons so we could count how many were actually turned in that year by just the color of the paper. So, hmm. okay. Uh, Brian, Michelle's got a question. Should uh, you ask the winner if they want their name announced on Facebook or is, there, or is it okay just to do it because they're already on Facebook? Yeah, I just did it. Um, I just announced them. So I figured they were in the comments anyway. So they put their name out there. I didn't, con- I did not say who they tagged. I just said, Philip Hernandez, you're the winner of, uh, two tickets to the Fed Factory come at come anytime at the uh, ticket booth and pick them up. So and then was, Philip is uh, then if he tagged six people, he's going to find out which one is his best friend, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and they have to fight over it, right? Yes. Okay. Well, next up, I have uh, media nights. This is <laughs> this is actually a pretty large topic. I've done a class just on this, so I'm going to kind of just try and give the highlights. Um, Media nights are a thing I would encourage you to do if you can do it. But of course, it is always 
like situational, uh, you know, whether or not you have enough people to invite or whatever. But I, there is a little bit of more cost behind the media nights, depending on, you know, how you arrange it. Um, and there's, there's different formats you can do. You can do it where you do it at, during your dress rehearsal night. You can do it, you know, during the, your second weekend or whatever. You could also kind of tack a media night onto a regular night, which would be the cheapest way to do it. Like the cheapest way to do it. In my opinion, the cheapest, best kind of way to do it is to tack it onto the slow night of your second weekend and give the media a check, like a separate check-in table, kind of like aside from your normal line or have them go to the VIP line or whatever, and just give them like front of line passes. And kind of, so you, you really, that way you're not paying for a whole separate night of cast and expenses and all that. And also that way it's not during your opening weekend because that can get really hairy and you don't want the media to like report or record on like a bad show. Um, the only other thing, kind of things I would suggest, if you can, um, kind of, I would always suggest for, especially for for smaller haunts, um, that you kind of widen your net a little bit. And by that, I mean, like, kind of decide, you know, if, who you're going to invite. I would, I would invite more than your traditional media. I would definitely invite, like, TikTokers, Instagrammers, YouTubers. I would really really like widen it in that. And you just, you internally, you would just need to pick uh, a number and I'll tell you um, something like knots, you know, they look at like 15,000 followers combined between like Instagram and, and uh TikTok. And in my opinion, that is relatively small. <laughs> and, and, and that's, that's a big, and they feed you and do frontal. I mean, they're giving you like a $300 ticket and you know, that's, so I would say for a smaller hunt, maybe like depending on your area, but maybe like 5,000 or like 2,500 or you know, something um, and invite them out, you know, and if you can couple it with a night where it doesn't really add much, then that's even better. The only other thing too, is ask them to RSVP. And if you can, if you have the bandwidth, I really would try and ask them like what they need and, and uh, be ready to answer questions about whether you're going to allow video recording or not and where and how and then make sure you communicate with your team about like you know media is going to be here tonight and make sure they know who is allowed to record and who is not or there's some sort of identifier that the cast is aware of so they they're aware of that so so my suggestion is do it if you can and ideally as its own kind of event or experience of some kind but if if that's outside of budget then just you can just tack it on to a, a regular night um, and then just think about the logistics and have all that prepared and kind of train your team on dealing with that logistics. The other thing is, if you get media to come out throughout the season, you're going to need to have that SOP anyway. So you might as well develop it for a media night and you might as well have a media night. And if you get five, then that's five more than zero. So you're winning, right? So, you know, I, because you're going to need to have an SOP for media anyway, you know, you're going to need to have like, a way to identify people that are allowed to film in certain areas and that are allowed to turn on their lights on their camera and that are allowed to do all these things and people and then your regular guests. You're going to need to be able to like have an SOP that differentiates with that anyway. And I will tell you too, especially if you land a broadcast person, they require a handler the whole time. So you're going to need to have those SOPs like ready because if a broadcast person shows up, 
you they they need to be escorted the entire time with a handler. That's that's always part of a, a broadcast agreement. So like you're gonna need to just have this kind of stuff ready. You're gonna and you're gonna need to have a point person like Susie, you know, pick a person like Bob or Susie. You know, those people are going to be the media contacts. They're gonna be the people that will go on camera and give an interview and they have all the talking points memorized and they're gonna be ready. Right. So you just that should be just part of the SOP. You have all that ready. And then if broadcast contacts you out of the blue and they want to come in in a few hours, then you're ready to go and you're not scrambling and you have somebody that they can talk to and you have, they can give them a soundbite and they have, you have all this stuff ready. So you're going to do it anyway. So my suggestion is if it's not too, too much of an effort, just add a media night on there. And then if you get nobody fine, you know, it, it doesn't cost you anything per se, but if you do get somebody, then it's just extra. And, you know, there's been, there's been a lot of research that's been coming out recently about how effective getting like a TikToker or an Instagrammer out is. And the answer is they're very effective. Um, like basically it's as effective as all of your advertising, <laughs> like all of your paid advertising, your billboards, your traditional media, your direct consumer, all that, your Google hours, all that is like one bucket getting influencers to make reels where they just are like, I went to the dead factory night and I got scared and it was crazy. That just as much of an impact on ticket sales as all of your advertising. Weird just world, man. Weird <laughs> it's a weird world. world. So I'm just saying. Is there is there certain types of influencer, like just local people or we uh, travel bloggers? What kind of? Yeah, again, it depends on your area, but the answer is kind of, I would just cast a wide net <laughs> and just kind of like. They have a lot of followers. They have a lot of followers and a lot of influence. Yeah, and you know, honestly, I think the the this is one of those things, right? The more work you can put into it, the cheaper it's going to be for you and the more success you're going to have. So like if you like I got I got an influencer agreement just like sent to me like just last week that was for like this new brand of scooter. And I was like have you looked at my stuff? Like we don't cover scooters. That's stupid. Why why do you even you know like so that's an example of like they clearly just were like mass contacting people, you know, and they were offering you like $200 and like a free scooter or whatever. I'm like, Ugh, you know, for an Instagram reel. So like, but if you like, if you look at their stuff and they, they seem to create like good, kind of like good quality kind of reels that are like reviewing food or reviewing a local, whatever, you know, whatever, like, then you can mention that you're like, I've looked at your stuff. I like that you do these, these kind of overview. We'd like you to do an overview at our haunt this year. You know, what do you think? You know, as mommy bloggers, perfect. You know, any of those types of content of people that are just exploring your city, those type of things I think are the, the best. You're looking for people that are just kind of like going out and doing stuff. You know, those are the ones that you want to target. Um, and then Stephanie, your question here, is there an expectation for media to provide coverage or will they only come out if planning to do something anyway? Okay. I love this question because let me, let me just tell you, okay. I don't want to get in a soapbox. I'm going to try and not be soapboxy here, but because just recently I had this like big argument with somebody just about this point. So traditional media, there is no expectation that they will give anything to you. And you can't really expect that. So when you're dealing with traditional media, so more like with us, you know, you can invite us out and whatnot, but there's no like expectation that we're going to do anything. I will tell you personally, I'm not going to waste my time and my gas money and my like weekend or whatever, going out to a thing and not get content. Cause that's stupid. But 
<laughs> but you know, there should be no expectation, right? So I will just tell you that. But influencers are a separate deal. Um, influencers, you you can there's there's it's more of a of a expectation culture where, like justice. I'll use an example. I don't want to give the name, um, but I'll use an example of one that I went on just on last Thursday. So they sent out an influencer email to influencers and they said, in order to be, to you know, we're going to give you food, we're going to give you express pass, all this kind of stuff. In order to be confirmed, you have to post an Instagram story or a TikTok story tagging us and you doing these things. And you send that to us and then we'll add you. And then they said, the posting requirements night of is at least like one reel or three things. Now, <laughs> that went over, they, they sent that same template out to a bunch of traditional media and it was terrible. They got huge backlash. People were like, it was, it was bad. It, it really was a, a terrible thing for them. It came off as being very unprofessional, blah, blah, blah. And that's because, you know, traditional media doesn't work that way. Influencers do work that way, but not traditional media. So you just have to be aware, you know, of that line. And I will say too, that's one other thing. I would not require anything just because then there's kind of the expectation of money in some way, right? So there's the expectation that you'd be paying them or reimbursing their travel expenses or that kind of thing. So I kind of, kind of, I kind of would be like, it's that thing where like, if you're going to require something, then they're going to be like, oh, okay, well, our fee is $250 to appear and then plus travel, plus food, plus front of line and all that. So then you're paying a lot more than if you had just asked them and you didn't require something. So that would kind of just be my, my word of caution. You can try requiring something, but it will definitely open up kind of Pandora's box. And depending on your area, you know, some influencers will charge a few thousand dollars to do one reel. So it kind of like, you don't want to do that if you if you can avoid it. Um, yeah. Now, Michelle's question is uh, not knowing who is checking us. How how do you kick something off like that to potential to get someone interested? And my kind of thoughts too is like, invite as many as possible. Yeah. Uh, Just ask them. If, Just ask if them. channel five doesn't do it, channel seven is going to do it. And then they're going to, you know, channel five will get pissed off or their production team will get PO'd because channel seven got this news bite. Why didn't you guys get it? You know? Yeah. And I would just, say, just make a list and ask them to, you know, like just whether it's mainstream or whether it's influencer, just be, I guess my point is just be aware of understanding like who is traditional media, who's news media, who is an influencer and also what type of content do they do? Right. If they're only a food blog, probably not going to work unless you have like a craft brew or something that's exclusive to your attraction. Good but, point. you know, be aware of their content, send them a personal email. All everyone has contact info on their profiles, even on TikTok, they have contact info. Reach out to them and be like, I like this content because this thing to show you actually paid attention to it. <laughs> and then be like, we're having this thing. We're having our media night on this night. Would you be interested in coming out to our media night? And what do you need from us? Do you need to be able to film or have a, a space to do whatever, you know, do you need like a media booth or whatever? Like, like, you know, conventions like, like San Diego, San Diego comic con, you know, they have a whole media lounge where people it's a quiet space where people can work and they have internet and they can do, that kind of stuff. So at your haunt, obviously not that, but you know, just ask them kind of what they need. And like Especially, area, yeah, if you area. don't have cell phone reception or Wi-Fi in your area, then you might need to get like a hotspot they can connect because then they won't be able to post. So like you mentioned earlier, you know, uh have a setup like a you know, like a sweet in the deal, you know, dinner or you know, or 
tickets, you know, four tickets or to make it to get them there, make it a little sweet package behind the scenes tour or something. Yeah. So they're, yeah. So that's something that they, oh man, I can't pass this up, you know? Yeah. And last kind of note of caution, I'm just going to say, just because this happened literally just like last week. So it's, it did, it's not just a thing. So, um, traditional new like we we because we're more in the traditional vein we need to have somebody who can talk about the experience on record and if you get a broadcast person out there they will need that as well so like you will like because because with traditional media like anything that we record is kind of like on the record you know quote unquote on the record right so you uh-huh. need someone who can represent the, the experience on the record um so I asked about that for the experience that shall not be named. Uh, and they said that was okay. Then when we got there, uh, after the experience, you know, the owners didn't want to go on the record and they didn't want to even give us their names. And I think I know why they may not, I, you know, there's definitely some fire code violations. You could go back and listen to the Hauntopic one on that, well, Hauntopic Toolbox class on that. But there was definitely some violations that I observed. And I think that's why. But I'll just tell you that I, I was, I was there with, two magazines and another big media entity who are all much larger than me. They all saw that happen. And they were like, we are cutting all of our coverage because this is unacceptable. You can't do, you can't have, do anything, any coverage without being able to name the owners. And and that's ridiculous. And so they lost like two, two magazines, another very large media website. And then myself in one suit because they, because nobody would go on the record. So just be like, be prepared. Like ha- that's why I'm saying have the person, have the contact ready and t- you know, have them know they're going to have to step away from operations to come over and give a soundbite on the record. And we uh, did a sponsorship deal with a radio station, uh top, top hit radio station. And the DJ is well known and he came out for like two hours and uh, on the record, he stopped three different spots. It was before we opened. We had all of our actors and everybody in place. He was going through with his his team, getting the shit scared out of him on live on radio, and we use those clips all year. Say, look who got scared of our haunt this year. Mm-hmm. So we just kept reusing that content over and over again, um, and that was all included in the package. But we just kept on using the, you know, him screaming like a little girl. <laughs> it's like it was great, but um. Are you done with that, Philip? I'm going to run into yep, wristbands. I'm done. Okay. I'm done. Um, wristbands and tickets. Now, um, we started using, see, this is our seventh year. We started using wristbands probably year two or three just to help us stay organized. They're really cheap. You get the Tyvek ones. You can have your logo printed on them. Um, we have tickets that we're, they're printed out tickets that we get for our contests. Uh, people are get to keep those for collectors' items. Those are the ones like you might have saw them in the in the meet in the other photo, the Dead Factory tickets. So they got to keep those. Anything you can get your logo, your brand on. Now the wristbands, what we were using them for is we would have our logo on them. But we're thinking about taking our sponsors and putting our sponsors on the wristband as well. And then we're going to do like a. Um, season pass so let's say it's a gold or it's a dark red or whatever color different wristband they would have to use that all year all month long and they would have to keep it on the wrist and because they'll hold up i like to wear mine afterwards 
anyway, usually through the whole month of October with the wristband, if I go to a haunt, I just kind of keep it on there until I get tired of wearing it. But even with your logo on there, people, you know, people ask, well, what's that? Where'd you go last night? It happens with clubs. Mm-hmm. You know, people ask you, well, where were you at? Dude? What were you doing last night? Oh, that was from two two weekends ago. But yeah, I went to the Dead Factory. And so small things like that. It's a small thing. Uh, wristbands don't cost a whole lot. I know wristband.com. I think that's the source that I go to, Bonnie, over there. She's at Transworld sometimes. Is that her? Um, I mean, you can get like a thousand for 30 or 40 bucks. I don't know. That was when I priced them because we still have some that are left over from two years ago because I bought so many of them. But um, it's a good way to get your logo on something. Uh, sponsors love it because if you throw their logo on it, well, you have 4,000, 5,000 people wearing their logo. You know, they see it. Sometimes they put a coupon on it. So you have to show your wristband at that establishment. And they say, oh, yeah, you get $5 off your meal or whatever. Um, And they can be saved as collectibles. I know people collect them, collect tickets. And that's a quick one for wristbands and tickets. Ticketing, I know a lot of on or people doing online ticketing now. Um, two biggest ones I hear about are Ticket Leap and Haunt Pay. Definitely, I know uh, um, Haunt Pay is a really good one in the industry. So, if you guys are looking at ticketing, online ticketing, even um, they do other stuff, escape rooms stuff over there at Haunt Pay too. So, go check them out. Philip, you're up. Okay, so my next one was going to be on influencers, but I think we kind of already talked about it um, when it comes to the media night type of thing. Um, but I'll, I'll just say that you, if you're not going to do a media night or whatnot, whatever, you you don't need to have a media night to talk to influencers. You can just talk to them anyway. <laughs> you can, and and it may sound complicated, uh, but really, again, this is one of those things. Like you could hire someone to do it for sure to do all the research, or you can just do it yourself, and it's it's totally acceptable to do it yourself and the worst they can say is no <laughs> so it's not really gonna there's really no harm done and we kind of already talked about it but really um it, it it you know it i think i think firms like marketing firms they try and make it seem like it's rocket science it's not really it's really you just go on and you're you search for people who are creating content around your area Specifically haunts, I mean, really haunts are pretty easy because you're looking for people who are creating content in your geographic area, you know, because you don't want like, like it, it may seem cool, you know, to get uh, like the travel channel or something, right? But is it going to really help you sell tickets this year? Probably not because they filmed back in February for this year. So you missed it, you know, so not really. But, you know, that's the kind of thing where you look for local influencers that cover local things in your area that that do local stuff and those are the people that you should be targeting you can target larger people if you want but that kind of depends on your budget i mean i would suggest going for things that are most likely to sell tickets which is people that are doing it locally you know and all all of them have um have contact info in their pages and you can just reach out and see what they'd like to do um i do have if someone would like to see examples, I do kind of have examples, but, but really you're just kind of, you're, you're just, uh, 
searching your local area, searching your local hashtags um, and seeing who is making content. And let me just show you one example of one. Um, so in case you didn't know, you can also use TikTok on your desktop. It makes it easier to search stuff and to kind of compile lists because I love spreadsheets. So this is a group called the Ghoul Daddies. And uh, they have they have a they have a pretty large following on TikTok, so they they are actually a more of a larger than micro influencers because anybody over ten thousand on TikTok is like a, a separate tier. Um, but they what they do is they go out to spooky stuff and they just make videos about it about you know touring those things. So in just by so you see how you can just look at their content and you can just tell that they are doing that type of stuff. So right. question for haunts that are maybe not in populated geographic areas that have a lot of influencers, how do you find who the influencers are in a smaller town? Let's say, you know, something that's under 10 or 20,000 people. What town are you in? Well, Is there a small I'm, town? I'm not in a small town. I've got okay. a million people that are coming in, right? But well, many of our viewers and, and the people listening to our stuff are living in some of those smaller towns, you know, verging on on small rural towns, um, yeah. and don't have that that base necessarily. They don't have multiple TikTokers, or they might, they might not. But what kind of stuff do you find? How how do you search? locally so i would say that you would be surprised <laughs> um you know what what you find um and really quick to just one second i i do want to show people so this is just before i answer that question this is this is their link tree right you see they have subscribe links they have like um share links on here so in order of how to get in contact with people, they do have their Facebook, you know, they have Twitter, they have Instagram. You can message them on any of these platforms. You could go to your, you could just go to Instagram and, you know, anybody can message anybody on Instagram. Um, and then of course, Facebook, you know, there's always an about section here. They are right there. There you go. So a few so that that's it that's when it comes like research once you've found somebody and then you just go oh where is there oh there it is rabbit hole yeah. yeah and then you just you you know add put that in a spread spreadsheet make little notes and then you would go through and you'd email all them individually and ask them to kind of come out and cover it and i know just personally that um i don't think the ghoul daddies um usually they don't charge really they just like they're just happy to to go for tickets so um so and that Anyway, so to your question, Daryl, it comes down to research. So there are services, there are like paid services you can use, like BuzzSumo, but those are pretty expensive, like $100 a month, you know, for like, and maybe you just use it for October, but there are, um, otherwise you're really just going to be going and kind of getting your research on going into each of the platforms searching for your town searching for terms just trying to figure out Search if there for are your hashtags. airport code as well yeah look for all that stuff see who's doing what um i can do some preliminary searching if somebody has a town they want me to look into while brian is giving his next talk and i can see what i can find in like five minutes 
Yeah, or even like uh, even if you're a small town, offer to bring your the the whole uh, radio crew out one night, you know, or just uh, the whole newspaper crew, or somebody that's an influencer in your town that might have knows a lot of people in your town around your surrounding area. I I would even go like Columbia, Missouri. It's like 45 minutes from here. I go to Columbia. St. Louis is an hour and a half from here. You know, maybe find bloggers in that general area because I still have people that are coming from two to three hours away because they people put money aside just for October. Gas prices or not, they're still going to be out traveling. So um, let me roll into customer content. Customer content. Of course, is anything created by a customer, say any videos, photos, or things that you capture, which is not really customer content, but that's still capturing customers at your attraction. Uh, some of the things that customers do create, uh, I go back into my check-ins on my Facebook page. Somebody will, if someone goes to your haunt or even on Instagram, they'll check in. And then they might have a photo that they use and I'll message them say, Hey, can I use your photo on our page? Most of them like, Oh yeah, fine. There might be photos out there with them and your actors or at a facade or someplace in the queue line that you can reuse that content. And I'm always posting, uh, I'll take snapshots of reviews that someone left on the page, take a snapshot of it, repost it on our page that gets traction. Um, I'll even snapshot uh, Google reviews and put those on our face on our Facebook page. We have one person that it's usually at the end of the haunt outside. They're taking exit interviews with customers that look like they had a good time. I'm sure everybody had a good time, but we usually get those people that are really enthusiastic and screaming and crying and getting their boyfriend and well, oh, come over here, come over here. Um, and then we'll get them either live sometimes or we we'll just get a video of them and ask, ask them to say, hey, can we use this on our social media? They say yes. Okay. So we just will take that and we'll might have you know three or four interviews that night. And then we might run them, you know, the next weekend for the next weekend. We'll have um, one of our house managers has a camera. She does her own camera or photo business. She'll be in there with um cameras doing some like Philip had up on the ladder doing some aerial views of people getting scared just live 15 30 second clips we'll have those going live we'll uh, sometimes we'll do not live we'll do videos or photos at night and then repost those through the week she likes to get the characters and everybody in before season so they can get character photos you don't need a whole lot. You can recycle a lot of this stuff. You know, good 12 photos. You could recycle that all season. Because people don't you change the lighting. You take a crop of one's part of a photo and zoom in on the pig's head or something. So many things you can do with the photos and reuse content. In other words, use what you can and what you got from your customers. If you have people... All my actors have cell phones. I know it's not a good thing, but they'll, and we have a rule about using your cell phones in your spots. Mm -hmm. So, which we have, I think we've got it under control. Well, last year we had it under control. We have 
we have sound cues and they know when to put their phone up. So their scenes are already set up like that. So they know when the customers is that probably 98% accurate because sometimes they get, you know, I'll cut one of your actors out of spots. That happens because you might get caught up with the crew before, and then you have to backtrack and you get stuck. I've been there. Um, Use what you got. Use your use your customers' content with permission if they post stuff on your page or check in, and keep up with your reviews and respond to reviews. So if customer leaves a bad review, never blow up on your customers. Say, hey, we had a bad night. Come on out. Two tickets on us. You know, hey, we were short of crew that night, or the rain was terrible that night. Come back and you know, come back and see us. We'll comp you two tickets. It's not a big thing. I would rather I'd rather be nice to my customers and have them come back and bring a few more people because we've done that. We've turned bad situations into good situations just by handling it the right way. But uh, customer content, okay, cut short. Okay, back back to Philip. So I uh, okay. So Jan, you got in yours first. So I'm going to show you in the time that Brian was talking, I was doing a little bit of research for you in, is it Holdridge? I think it's Holdridge, Nebraska. Okay, so let me show you. So, okay, first off, we start with the basic hashtag Holdridge. <laughs> um, so this, even this little search will give us a little bit of information. So you see there's a Nebraska talk and clearly they do cover some stuff there because there's the Holdridge High School um game that they covered on there so you could put them on your list as a you know reaching out to nebraska talk um there's this girl here who seems to have an okay kind of amount like 3400 is so pretty good she lives in the area so i'd also put her on the list and just see if she might be interested in coming out i wouldn't really treat her as an influencer but kind of just like as someone who could do it um and then there's someone like this tina crawford also another person who clearly makes videos and does that whole thing she does a little like skeleton thing in here and she has 2200 so i would add her to the list um and then aside from that you would go and you would do like like you do like nebraska oh, that's not how you spell nebraska there we go yeah do like nebraska talk and you could see if there's other people who are like really create content for that area um another example we're doing the same thing over here in instagram um and first, we're just looking to see where is the engagement going. Um, this is a video from a brewery or some sort of, yes, from a brewery. So this is one where clearly they are into social. They might do it. That might be someone you could coordinate with and do like a cross-promotional thing with the brewery. I would keep that in your back pocket. Going through, these are all mad. These are all mad. These are all mad. These are all mad. Here's one here. This is interesting. The fair, I would have reached out to the fair. I would have done something at the fair, actually. Um, but this is posted by uh, the Goody Guys who are talking about being there. So we go to um, the Goody Guys page, their snack and beverage company, um, but they're located in Lincoln, Nebraska. So you might be able to do some sort of partnership with them or like a coupon or even a giveaway with them or some sort of package option because they're pretty active on social and they have an okay amount for that area. Um, so this is kind of how it's done. 
mean, this was like while Brian was talking, I was just like doing that. And this whole time you're compiling these names, you're putting these links together, you're making the spreadsheet, and then you're going through and looking for contact information. And then you, you'll later reach out to them and decide. Um, so this is what I mean, where there are firms that will do this for you, but you can also do it yourself. And you can just start with your basic. Uh, I did a free hashtag search on um, your town and nothing really came up as a, as a big, uh, as like a, as a, as a, as a tag. So if that's the case, if it's too small like that, then we would just start with the basic searching for the name of the town and then looking for like, um, you know, Nebraska talk and seeing like what, 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 what people, what hashtags people are using in their videos that are mentioning the town that you're in and then kind of making a list of all the hashtags and backtracing from there. That was really fast. I hope that helped. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. Try that one. <laughs> right. I'm just like, what? Here we go. Mm -hmm. um, and then did you see Jan's comment? Tina is one of my actors. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there, you know, like get, get her to make some, make some contact with her. Right. Like, there you go. Yeah. Um, okay. So that was the influencers one that kind of took care of that. Um, next one I have is newsletter. So, this really, when I said newsletter, I mean like email marketing is kind of what I mean. Uh, email marketing is is one of your best resources. Um, it's not, it's definitely not the sexiest, but it is is still relevant and has always been relevant. It will continue to be relevant, um, especially for people who are working or have jobs or kind of that type of the the parents, you know, of your of the kids that would come out, all that stuff. Email is very relevant. Um, so emails are gold, collecting emails, and then making sure that you are sending out information about your your opening and your casting and kind of just keeping people engaged via email um email is one of those where you can where you can the base minimum is getting your email collecting your emails and sending out regular emails about your opening days and your tickets and and then maybe like special offers like it doesn't have to be discounts it could be you could offer like a behind the scenes tour that's only available to people who are on your email list, you know, and you could, you, you can do fun stuff with that. Email is one of those where you can make it infinitely complicated. There are people who there are entire marketing firms who just do email marketing as their specialty. So you can make it a, a whole career or you can just get people's emails list and contact them when your tickets go on sale. At the bare minimum, you should be doing that, but you can make it as complicated as you like. You can make an autoresponder series where you have one email that goes out, you know, every every week that you are open. You could tell whole backstories via email. You can do giveaways. You can do all sorts of stuff with it to make it complicated. But the the bare minimum is collect emails from your guests with their permission, like asterisk with their permission, especially if you're you know, like Canada has different rules on uh, privacy than the US, but you know, you need their permission for that. Uh, and then send them reminders that you are open. That is the lowest hanging fruit you can possibly get. You can then also use your email list to go in and do a uh, targeted advertising, you know, on, on platforms and whatnot. So um, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? It's not really, but we're trying no. to go fast. I know. We're we're at nine o'clock. I know. <laughs> My last one is direct mail. Me, I'm, I'm a mailman by day, so I've delivered a lot of flyers to addresses. Uh, we've never used this for our haunt, but I know it is an option. It's more of a spray and pray approach because you don't really have a target market. But once you get in there, you can... Um, I'm going to share my screen here. 
the um, go to uh, I think this USPS.com. I forgot how I got there. USPS.com direct mail. And it's called every door direct mail. Now you can, once you go in there, I don't, this is just a photo. So I, I didn't pull it up, but you can choose by um, age. They'll tell you the size, about how many people per household, their income level, how much is going to cost you to do uh, one route. See, this was 475 mil pieces at $88. So we're talking that's probably letter size mail, which would be like a standard postcard, maybe a little bit bigger flyer. And if you go with like a probably eight and a half by 11, it's probably going to be more expensive. You could do one route. You can do the whole route. of so This is Mexico, my hometown. You could do the whole route, rural route. I think they'll... I didn't save that one. I think the total cost to do every single address mailbox in my town was like $1,400, but you're not getting, you may get grandmas in there. You may get, you're not getting anybody under 18 usually because they don't usually don't get mail. So you're just getting how head of household. If you do your uh, flyers, make sure you put current resident. Because they do have lists that sell people's names. Some of those lists aren't always updated. So like a current resident or you put something, the spooky, you know, spooky head of household or something clever like that. And create something that'll stand out in the mailbox. You know, maybe a coupon. I know there's different, different people have different opinions on coupons. You could do a ad Instead of a discount, you can do an add to package, like bring this out for a free coolie cup, or bring this out for a free keychain, or something like that, too. If you don't want to discount your haunt, you can add to your haunt. Or say the first 200 people that come out and get a free this or get free swag. And then when you create your the mailing, if you want to put a link on there, create a different link to that postcard so you know if someone goes to the a website and gets buys a ticket you can track that website to know that your postcard actually is working because then you can track that link and then have that link set up on your website where it's different that way you know because it's hard to track unless you ask every single person or they had to turn the postcard in had a coupon on it or something then you could track it that way by collection but if they order something online, there's no really way to track that unless you use a link or figure out a different way to sell them that where you can track it. Um, oh, it was a the total is at 6,614 people, which that must be all the house owners or resident boxes. And it was $1,236. It was at 0.187 per piece. So that doesn't cover what it's going to cost you to create that piece, but that's just shipping and mailing cost. But that is an option. It might be worth you to maybe pick a, you can change the age bracket. You know, mine, my age groups, probably uh, 20s to 40s. It's almost too scary for little kids. So 
we're kind of in that age bracket, college kids and up. We've even had some 80 year olds come through, which is fun. Um, but at least try it, see if it works for you. You can always expand. You can pick one neighborhood. You could pick, um, you know, just a certain age bracket, do one one year, see how it goes, and then expand from there. And that's direct mail, usps.com, every door direct mail in Google, bring you right to it. Okay. Um, my last two, I had two left, but they, it was Instagram. I think, and TikTok. You got, I think you got more than I did because it was an odd number. 13. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, I have Instagram and TikTok left. I'm going to try and like mush them together. Um, I'm going to first start off by saying uh, back to what I said earlier, <laughs> know where your audience is um, and kind of decide, you know, if you don't, you may not need a TikTok if you don't have anybody on there. Um, but I would say at the bare minimum, if you're, let me take a step, two steps back. First step is always figuring out where your audience is, right? Then I would still recommend that you get your name, your handle, like reserved on TikTok. So you can reserve that handle on TikTok and like reserve it just so that you have it and somebody else can't take it and make a fake account, which would be terrible. So make sure that's reserved and you've gotten it. And then you can always put up your basic information and kind of set it and forget it kind of thing. Um, because, because, because creating content for these platforms is like a, it, it can, can be very time consuming and expensive. So, so you kind of would want to decide, you know, what you're really going to invest in. Then, then the next step would kind of be deciding what you are going to use your platforms for. And that, cause there's a lot of different ways to approach social, you know, you can do it. And, and really you might, I've seen it done every which way there really isn't a right way per se. You really just need to test it and figure out where your audience is. And because different, there'll be different audiences on different platforms. You know, people they're on TikTok are not necessarily on Instagram and some will follow you there and some are not, you know, it's, it's all over the place. So um, then you would kind of take that and decide what is the strategy? You know, what is the purpose of each channel that you're going to use? So generally I would say the, the biggest bang for your buck on those platforms is to set up your basic information about your haunt and to push like, you know, ticket sales, push like trailers and ticket sales. And you can do some like, you know, paid ticket ads, that kind of stuff. It's really easy to get those plug and play. A more advanced strategy would be to tell more of the story or to user generated content. Like Brian talked about earlier, you know, like there's, that's kind of more advanced because it does require more work on your end to kind of set that stuff up. Um, I would not, as a marketer, I would never plan for something to go viral because that's never, it's just, it's not like there are in this day and age, there are full-time content creators, right? And their whole job is just to make interesting videos to get views and then get paid for that. So because of that, it is, it's like, it's, it's like our job, your job as a, as a haunter is to create a good haunt and a good in-person experience. Your job is not like, you're not a content creator by trade. So because of that whole like distinction, that's kind of why I would not really bank on that. I would not bank on organic. I would think of it as like a pay to play situation where like you're setting up your TikTok and your Instagram and you're setting up your ticket information on there. You're sending people to your ticketing link, you know, and, and you are 
putting your trailer on there and you're putting photos from your haunt to just show stuff about your haunt. I think that's the base level. Yeah, you can do a lot of fun stuff with it. You can set up a scare cam and you can make TikToks of people just getting scared. People love that. People love all those things. Those are great. They do require effort. So my main stance is figure out where your audience is first, if they're using the platforms or not. Either way, make sure you've reserved your handles so you, they don't get stolen later. And then see, verify if you can, like go on TikTok or on, on Instagram and verify to get the check mark if you can, like try to get verified as well on Facebook. And then the lowest hanging fruit is just posting your photos and your social on there with your ticketing information and your dates and times. Uh, so because people are using Instagram now, like, like face, they used to use Facebook, which is where the search for your haunts name. And you, so think of it kind of like the lowest hanging fruit is making it like Google. If they're going to search for dead factory, it should come up in Instagram and dead factory should have the dates that they're open and it should have the link to your tickets. That's, that's the lowest hanging fruit from there. You can expand it, but I wouldn't expand it without a plan ahead of time. Like if you're going to do a scare cam, that needs to be someone's job or part of their job. And they, you know, you need to kind of have a plan for how they're going to kind of do that. Uh, the most successful accounts are planned out like that. So, and they're kind of a mix of um, scheduled posts, which you can do. You you can get even free social media software where you can, you can schedule the photos. So you can schedule a photo to go out like every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or every day you're open, have a schedule go, have a scheduled photo go out and whatnot. And then you can mix that with a uh, scare cam footage that you collect, you know, from each weekend. Sure. But just understand that like, this is a lot of work, right? Like even finding the appropriate hashtags and tagging things and doing it like that. It's, it's a lot of work. I would know. So we literally, we do like a, we do like a TikTok every day. We do like a, a reel every day. We do posts every day. We do, we do content every day. So it's, it can get to be a lot of work. So that's kind of why I'm like, do your, your basics, which are relatively free-ish and understand that you're not trying to go viral because it's not your job and understand that, you know, you can, it's definitely okay to take your photos and to boost them to your local demographics on Instagram and to send people to your ticketing link. That's fine. It's okay to put your trailer on there and all that. And then you can get more creative if you want. Like I, I was just talking with, you know, like Alan Hotz, I did an interview with him in Dark Hour. And they're doing a social media campaign where they are taking each of their witches, their 13 witches, and they're kind of telling pieces of the backstory for the witches in little droplets out on social media throughout the Halloween season. They have like a plan for that. And I'm like, that's great, you know, but that takes time and resources and, and you know, effort to put behind that. And it's great. And you definitely, definitely... Definitely, if you put together scare cam videos or if you put together a nice trailer or things that can be shared, it definitely increases the likelihood that you will get higher organic reach, which can help you, right? But just, again, everything is an opportunity cost. That's just my little my little thing. Everything is an opportunity cost. And you those don't, those don't necessarily translate into ticket sales. <laughs> You know, yeah. because they could be liked or shared or viewed by people who are never going to go because they're too far away or they just they just like to watch creepy videos on TikTok and they don't want to spend money. I mean, it it doesn't always translate in that direct one to one way. So just you know, kind of be aware of that, you know, in your brain. Like I made a, a video of baby Grogu at San Diego Comic-Con and it has 40,000 views um, on Instagram. It was like 
over like in like one day it got 40,000 views on Instagram and then it has a bunch of views on TikTok and YouTube and all that. Um, but like Grogu is a hundred thousand dollars, right? So like, are any of those 40,000 views, are they going to spend a hundred thousand dollars on Grogu? Like probably not. <laughs> like I guarantee you it's probably not going to happen. Right. So it's just really like one of those, I, I you know, that's kind of why I'm like, you'll think about it. Now we've talked about this a lot, but like it, it does help in the sense of, if people in your local town are seeing the video, it can act as a touch point to remind them of your brand. So it can, de it definitely does help. The brand awareness does help, but I think there's definitely less of a correlation between like the quote unquote viral videos and actually selling tickets. Right. <laughs> That's kind of why I was like, do the minimum and then kind of make a plan. Yeah. Now, just like the, just I was like going to say one of the questions ahead. that Corey had from earlier is how do you get people then to your different social medias? Um, and do you share that same stuff across all of the different platforms or do you make each platform unique? So the traditional marketer will tell you that you should make each platform unique because they are separate people on each platform. What I'm going to say is, again, everything is an opportunity cost. So it really, there is a big difference though in the communities, you know, the, and also in, in, in the medium of content that you're going to create. So that's why I would just make a plan way at the beginning of the year because you have to plan out what type of assets you're going to get. If you're going to take photos, right? Um, photos can only be used in TikTok stories and those aren't don't get a lot of traction. But photos, you know, Instagram is actually a huge platform. You have your regular carousel photos then you have your stories, then you have your reels and then you have your videos, which are now like combined together. And then you have like tagging. So you have a lot of different elements you can make content for, and they're kind of all different sizes, you know, then Facebook, you know, you can use the best ones on Facebook or the landscape, the best ones on for photos, the best photos for Instagram are the squares. But then when it comes to paid advertising, you know, you can boost, you can make a really nice tick, a nice image that says like we're open this weekend and you can boost that on Instagram, but you can't boost reels on Instagram, but you can boost reels on TikTok. So, so, you know, I kind of, this is where it's like, okay, well, it would make a lot of sense for you to make a trailer video and post it on TikTok and boost that trailer video. Right. But it, it wouldn't necessarily make sense maybe to make a, a scare cam and boost that maybe not necessarily, maybe you would put the scare cam one, you know, on Instagram or, you know, like, so you, you have to just, you'd have to plan out these assets ahead of time is my thing. But a traditional marketer would tell you that you would need a separate feeling kind of like, you know, for each, for each thing. So for example, you know, your, your TikTok maybe would just have the scare cams and like maybe funny, funny kind of videos and shared from people, you know, to be more lackadaisical, right? versus your Instagram, where you would have your official professional photos that you would share and you would have your, um, and then in the real section, you would put reels, which are you know, trailers or creepy things, you know, that are fun. And then maybe in your stories, you would be resharing people that tagged you, but you wouldn't, you know, they would just be for your stories. That's an example of kind of differentiating them, but also opportunity cost, right? If you don't really have time to, to do all that and you're not sure about your different audiences yet, then, you can always just use the same content and test it because um, it always performs differently. And then back to Brian for a quick uh, answer. Now that you have all of these different um, social media links, where do you put them so that people can find them? <laughs> 
back to point number three, I believe. What on your website? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you lead everybody to your website and all of your social media people or all your social media links have their content and lead back to your website as well. And then your yeah. website leads to all of your social media. It's a big circular. And, right. Yeah, I'll just and, point out, you don't want people to, you don't actually want to push people to your social media. I, that was a question for earlier. We don't actually want that. You want them to be able to, know what your official accounts are, but you think it shouldn't be a circle. It should be a funnel <laughs> and you are funneling people onto either text messaging or email. Those are the best ways to land people on because you can, because back, back to Brian's point, if somebody bans your Facebook account or your Instagram, you just lose all of that. So you never want to be pushing people to your socials. You always want to push them towards stuff you can export and keep on your computer, like email addresses and phone numbers. So, and you can move those, you could change email providers and, you know, you could still have your list. So you're always, it's funneling. If you're making content on social media, the goal of that content is either to sell a ticket and the goal of everything is to sell a ticket. <laughs> so, so you're, you should actually not even be linking necessarily to your website. You should be linking to your ticket page. You know, if it's not the same thing as your website, you should be linking to that. And then your website and your ticketing, all that should be linking to your, your email. So, you know, it's kind of a, a funnel here. We want to get people to buy a ticket or get them on the email list. You don't want, you don't want to be pushing people like from your email onto social. You don't want that. You know, you just not buy a ticket, subscribe to our email list. Those are the two things that you, you want. And but you, you want them with... to be able to find social media. Correct. Yes. Find it, but not push them to it. You don't want to waste time on that. Yeah. Have you messed with the messenger marketing at all? Mm -hmm. No. Cause I know that was a big thing there for a while. And I haven't, I've never played with it, but there's a way where you can set up yeah. and you can capture their emails yeah. and stuff within messenger and then market them to messenger. But then again, I would rather market through text message because yes. it goes straight to their cell Correct. phone. Yeah. So, you know, and everybody checks their text messages. I hate these damn spammers that got me now because my, my phone number's out there. So it's, I get them all the time. I'm always blocking numbers. But if you're opting in for something like a haunted house, yes, yeah, then you're kind of you kind of oh, let's see what they got. And you can send them little, you know, you can send them little pictures or videos or whatever. Um, okay, is that is that it on social, Philip? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it's sorry we went over a little bit. I know we have a lot of we had a lot to talk about. So if there's any last minute questions, let us know. Once again, um. This was presented by Haunter's Toolbox and Haunted Attraction Network. We do one of these with different people once a month. You can go over to Haunter'sToolbox.com, become a Haunt Master member. You will get a uh, access to one of these every month, and you'll get our back catalog of videos that we have on our website. You can also go, go over there for free and sign up to Haunter'sToolbox.com, and you can get free info over there as well. You're welcome, George. Daryl, any more questions from you that we might have missed? No, I think uh, I, I think um, everybody did fairly well. We touched on all sorts of uh, social media, websites, all sorts of different ways to uh, to get things. Uh, we've had some input and some questions from from the folks watching tonight, and I'm sure that we will have more questions in the future.
from uh, from other people who are seeing this after it's broadcast. So, all right. Thanks, Philip, once again for letting us pick your brain. And it's uh, now August, so everybody go build your haunts because uh, you open next month. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it that time already? It's that time already. <laughs> Okay, if you're still here, thank you. That's it for today. We'll catch you back here on Monday for our regular news commentary. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com demo. We release a free weekly industry newsletter. Sign up on our website or at the link in our show notes. The Haunted Attraction Network team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Maximus Bryant. Our partner stations include A Scott in the Dark, Scare Track, The Scare Factor, and Haunt Topic Radio. Finally, please, please, please rate and subscribe to our show wherever you're listening. And until next time, Haunters, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.